Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your host and author, Julie Jancis. I want you to know that we're diving right into the podcast today, but first I have two quick announcements. And the first one is a gift. This month, you're going to see a new episode pop up every single day. You'll continue to get new episodes on Mondays and Thursdays. And this month, your angels and I are gifting you with a free course right here on the podcast. It's called the 31-Day Angel Success Formula. It's 31 days of bonus angel healings to connect you with your angels and transform your life. If you'd like to access all 31 recordings along with the workbook and teaching video for this course, head on over to theangelmedium.com right now and subscribe to my email list. It's at the top of the homepage, and when you do, we'll send you access to this entire course for free. While you're at my website, check out the new events page. Every month this year, I'll be teaching a live workshop, a live group angel healing, and running a course of the month. If you'd like to access all of these and more, join my angel membership. Angel members are beginning a brand new year together starting February 1st, and we have a limited number of open slots. Sign up this month and you'll get access to my new manifestation and co-creation course. As an angel member, you'll not only get access to my courses and monthly events, but I'll also get to know you personally and coach you in our small group meetings. Friends, I'll let you in on a little secret. I love, 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 love bringing through angel messages to you in those small group meetings. For more info, click the link in our show notes and join me on a free upcoming Zoom call to hear how your angels will work with you in the angel membership to strengthen you, transform you, and activate your soul's highest calling. Now, friends, I want you to prepare for today's episode and all the yummy, delicious angel messages your angels have for you by taking a big, deep breath in. And a big deep breath out. And I just want you to get a sense of how your angels are surrounding you here in this moment. They're guiding you, loving you, directing you, protecting you. And as you listen to this episode, they're going to be whispering in your ear, bringing through messages you need to hear. Now let's dive into the show. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your host, Julie Jancis. And today I'm here with one of my favorite, favorite people. She is the person who edited my book, Angels and Awakening. And um, she's just become a very close friend, Sasha Banks. And you've been on the show before. You're an author yourself. I have and I am. Yes. Yeah. Um, tell everybody what your book's called. My book is called, my book is a, a collection of poetry. It's called America Mine. And um, yeah, I'm currently selling it my, myself. 
Um, so yay me. And yeah, I'm really excited about it. It came out last year. It did very well. And uh, yeah, so I'm just excited to see like where else it takes me. <laughs> yes. Okay. So we have this awesome, really fun angel story for everybody. And uh, you might be listening on um, the podcast, but we're also here with a video over on YouTube. And um, so this is fascinating. I know a lot of you who listen to the show are healers yourself. I know that a lot of you listening not only are healers, but also feel called to write a book one day. And I wanted to share this angel story with you because the way that the universe works is when you are presented with a nugget of information it's normally about your future and they don't give you the entire path. Do this, then do this, then do this. What happens is God universe source presents you with this vision or this knowingness or this auditory voice within you. And it'll say, this is coming, you know, and it'll show you this vision. And for a lot of people, it is this book. Well, what happens is a lot of times this vision can come years or even decades in advance, priming you, molding you, allowing you to marinate in the energy of what's coming so that when it comes, you're prepared, you're ready, you're in all yes, you're in and you're ready to jump on board and do whatever is needed to get this accomplished for the universe. And so I knew for a long time that I would write a book. And I think in my 20s, I was a little frustrated. Like, where is the idea? Like, I'm ready, God. I'm here. I'm your servant. I'll do whatever you want me to do. Where's the book? And I very patiently heard on your 33rd year, you'll know. And when I was 33, my dad passed away. And I knew that the book would be tied in with him. And I knew that I had a lot of work to do myself still because the emotions and the triggers of our relationship weren't healed at that point. But what I kept seeing in this nugget that they were giving me of the future was that this book was the healed version of my relationship with my dad, where there was no negative or low vibrational frequency there anymore. And so um, the beginning of 2020, uh, sorry, 2021, we're in 2021, right? <laughs> this is like, <laughs> I know, right? Time's been like so crazy the last couple of years. Year. It feels like we skipped a year. I know for sure. So <laughs> the beginning of 2020, I was in meditation and my angel said, the book is here. It's time. And they had said all along too that they would show me the process when it was time. And so I said, okay, well, what's the first step that you want me to take? And they said, wake up every morning and from 5 to 8.30 or 9 a.m., write. Okay. And I was very surprised because as I got up and did that piece, not only what I've taught all these years came through, but all of this new, yummy, delicious information from the angels was just channeled right through. So I'd wake up, I'd get into oneness, I'd sit down at my computer, and 
an angel would step forward and that's who wanted to communicate that day. And they say, here's what I have to say. So my egoic mind, though, at the time was like, okay, but like, what's the second and third step? Like, what do I do after this? And they were like, nope, Julie, you do not get any of that. You only get this piece, just write, just channel, just be in oneness, live in oneness and channel what comes through. So literally I get to this day, I think in February and I'm done. I've looked at the manuscript a couple of times. Everything is there. Everything is finalized. And I'm in meditation that morning and I say, okay, God, the book's done. Now I know I need somebody to edit it, but I have no idea where to start with that or who to have edit the book. And I just kind of felt this need to be just patient. And not three hours later, I go to my email and I check my email and you had sent me an email right after my meditation that said something to the effect of, Julie, I don't know why I'm supposed to reach out to you, but I just feel like I am. Um, You know, I was in book publishing before, but I just left and I'm starting my own company. And I was like, hallelujah, God, thank you for answering my prayer. But this is how the angels work. As soon as you need something to show up, it's there. Yeah. I was, when I, when all of that was happening, I was already in a place where like, I knew that I probably needed to leave the job that I was at at the time. And I was, I I was directly asking, but like indirectly asking, you know, God to, show me if that was the right thing to do. And one of the things we did at my job was like, we paired early graduates, we paired graduates and early professionals with mentors who were more seasoned and doing all sorts of things. And we would have Zooms and stuff and they would talk about different topics. And one of the topics that we were talking about at the time that I ended up messaging you was about like, when to know it's time to leave. And I was like, okay, great. I'm going to, I guess I was supposed to be facilitating that event, but I was like, I'm listening. Cause this is, this is for me. <laughs> I was like, you know, God's going to tell me something. And I felt like, I felt that I really was spoken to in that moment. There was a woman who was like, a lot of the time it's a feeling. It's not always what's happening around you. It's like a feeling it's a knowing and you just kind of have to accept it. Cause it's easy. It's easier then we think, then we make it. Sometimes we make it like a harder thing. Like we need all these signs and we need all these things. And sometimes you're already getting all that language and those signs from your body and your brain and your thoughts. And so she was talking about when she left a job and she had an an experience um, that I had, that I had almost had identical to hers just a few weeks earlier. And I was like, okay, well, I guess it's time for me to go. And so that night I, uh, messaged you. And I think we had maybe been talking about something else just sort of randomly. And so I reached out to you and was like, well, you know, I'm like, I'm going to start freelancing soon, like freelance editing soon. And like, if you need an editor, I'm happy to do that. And I was just like, wow. You know, like even I was like, wow, because I because I had really felt like that's what I needed to be doing in this like interim after I left my job was to do some freelance editing. And you were like, oh, you know, I'm working on a book. And I was like, oh, wow, that's so great. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> do you need an editor? And you were like, oh, my God. Yeah. So it was like perfect timing, really perfect timing. 
Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yes. And this is how the universe works. It's like, you really don't have to hold that stress. You don't have to hold that anxiety that um, I think, you know, what spirit has really been molding and sculpting is this um, concept within me that high energy, right? Like when you're passionate about something and like you're excited about your work and you want to dive in and do the research on something, you know, we're both very creative individuals. We like to dive in and take things on. When we're in the midst of that, though, there is no stress energy. There's enjoyment and love of what we do and a passion. Um, It might be a high energy of like, Maybe you're not in a meditative state because you're doing right, but there's this high energy, but there's no stress to it. And right, right. It's intensity, it's the intensity of it. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. it's fun. And you can feel like the flow of oneness there, that it's in alignment. And I think that we need to understand this concept as individuals because a lot of times people get into these cycles of stress where they're feeling like the stress within their physical body and they're kind of interlacing these two things and making them one when they're really two different vibrational frequencies. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You um, and I, I've loved like working with you on the book because you took my language and I think that there were some really good concepts and ideas there, um, but I can kind of go on and on and ramble and definitely my grammar was not good whatsoever. And like you made it sound so like polished and professional. And so I just want to give you credit here in front of the whole audience because. Oh my gosh. Julie, I'm telling you, you need to give yourself way more credit. You're such a great educator and your language is so precise as someone who spends time explaining things to people. So I feel like you made my job very easy. (laughs) um, I think this is a mutual admiration society. I think you did a wonderful job writing your first book, which is so awesome. You did it. I hope you feel so proud of yourself. And like, you know, it was definitely like teamwork. So I'm proud of both of us. Yay, me too. And I'm excited because this continues on and we're going to get to some of Sasha's angel stories here in a second um, because this gets really interesting. But what I want everybody to know is that we are working on more books and I can't say if those will come out in 2022 or 2023, but Sasha is going to be working for the company in a way, a part of the team in the capacity of doing angel stories. So putting together books of angels stories that you've never read before. And um, if you get an email from her and you submit your angel story via email and she emails you back, know that she's part of the team and that she is reaching out to include you in the book and maybe even get a little bit more background about your story for the book. So I'm really excited about that and welcome to the team. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. I cannot wait to just read all of these amazing stories. I think it's going to be so much fun. Yeah. Well, and there's so much that we can do with this. You know, it's kind of like an angel version of Chicken Soup for the Soul, where we just want to put this love and positivity out into the world and show the world what angel stories are out there and that angels really are showing up in your life and providing these blessings and miracles. Yeah. I think it's so important just because I feel like people sort of have pre- preconceived notions of 
what angel encounters are like, if they're real and all these sorts of questions. And I'm like, I think the more that people have like personal stories, the more that people start looking for those things in their own life or like similar types of patterns and things like that. So it makes you more curious than anything. And I feel like being curious is a great way to start learning anything. So it's like, you know, someone who's looking to learn about how your angels speak to you. I think reading a book about other people's experiences is going to make you curious about how your angels are talking to you all the time. So I think, yeah, it's like on the one hand, it's going to be so entertaining to just like sit down with a book of angel stories, but also I think it's like a great book. It's a great learning tool. Yeah. Well, and I think the way that we're approaching this too is knowing that it's not just going to be one book, but a series of books over the years. And so if you have submitted your angel stories and you're like, um, but I didn't get a call back yet. We have you on a list. Sasha is going to be reaching out. And we know that we want to group some of these because some of them are similar or about similar topics. So um, we kind of have a list together of which books we want to put together first. And it's going to be so much fun. <laughs> Can't wait. Yay. All right. So, Sasha, you have a unique perspective in your humanness, you know, just in your human life. Um, you had a lot going on this year. You had this very a, um, amazing experience in February before we started working together, this dream that I want you to share. And it really leads into a lot. Sasha's been through a lot this year. Can we talk about your mom a little bit? Sure. Okay. Because she went through a transplant plant process. Sasha has been her caretaker over the last year. And yet you're such a healer in yourself and you've got so much you're doing at the same time, all of these amazing things. And you have felt called to make this move. And you've had these angel stories show up in your own life, knowingness that this is your path. Now is your time to make this move. So I want to start from the very beginning in February when you have this dream with the other side. Yeah. So at the time I was having like some, some of my own health issues and I was, um, I had like a scheduled phone call with a, f- a friend of mine who is also a writer. Her name is, is Christine Platt. She's a wonderful author. And we were talking and I was like, you know, here are these things that are going on here, are all these things that I'm feeling and my body is like doing these things and they don't know why. And I've had to take off work and this and that. And she was like, well, you know, I had a similar experience um, so many years ago and I went to this healer and the healer was telling me that, you know, sometimes our bodies are, there's nothing like wrong. It's more like you're getting like signals from your body. And for she's like, what it sounds like for you. She's like, I'm not a doctor and I don't call myself a healer, but she was like, it sounds like your body wants you to stop and pay attention to something. And if I think she was like, I think if you pay a little extra attention, like maybe your body, those things will become clear. And that night I had a dream that I was visiting this old house and it was like that house had become, it was a historical home and they did like tours in this home, but I was the only one in the house. In fact, I was the only person like on the street that this house was on and maybe even in the whole town, like it just felt very empty. There was like a docent there who I guess would have done the tour, but he was just kind of like, oh, you know your way around. And I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so he went off to another room and 
I kind of found my way to this backyard. And what I saw was that like, it was this beautiful, very green backyard. And then it led to like a stairwell that went down and met the sidewalk behind the house on the street behind the house. And so I walk down the steps and I see these like stones that have names etched into them. And I had this understanding that they were the names of the enslaved people who worked in this home at one point and then died in this home. And they weren't buried in a proper way because this was a backyard and not a cemetery. So they put their, they were buried there, but their names were etched on these stones. And I was just like, oh, okay. It just made, it was very clear. And I get to the bottom of the stairwell. There's no one there. I looked on both both ways before I like tried to cross the street. But before I could cross the street, I looked, it's like, I looked to my right, nothing was there. I looked to my left, nothing was there. I looked to my right again, nothing there. And I looked to my left again and there was a a car. It was like one of those like California, like low rider type cars, like candy painted, beautiful blue, like Cadillac Seville kind of thing. And I'm like, okay. And these two men um one of them was a they were identical they looked identical except one was much smaller so the impression was that like this was like a father and a son they were dressed identically in long tall tees just plain white tall tees they had hats that matched the color of the car but the brim was low so you really couldn't see their eyes i wasn't intimidated by them because it was like i knew that they were they were coming to to tell me something and they, the taller one, the shorter one never spoke. The tall one said, I can teach you how to summon these entities. It's two of them and they can change the course of your life. And I said, okay, teach me. And uh, so he, he taught me whatever the thing was. I don't remember that part, but these two figures appeared and they looked very scary. They were very off-putting. They were strange. It looked like two like birds, but they were made out of like, their bodies were made out of like charcoal. Like they were lumpy and black and like kind of ashy looking and, but they had like orange beaks. And he says to me, if you want your life to change, you can't get caught up on how these two things look. You have to allow them to be what they are. Otherwise, if you get caught up on how off-putting they appear to be, then they can't do anything for you. And in the dream, I remember being very clear on what that meant. Like he was, it felt like he was speaking metaphorically to me. And I knew that in the dream, it wasn't mysterious to me. And when I woke up, I had like a very instant understanding that my life was about to change and that there would be some aspects of it that... I would not like <laughs> or that were off-putting or uncomfortable or maybe challenging or hard in some way. But that if I allowed that to be the thing that I sort of focused my attention or my energy on, then I would not, I would not be able to move forward with whatever this change was. And after that, it was like I like everything happened in succession. I got out of um, a relationship that I thought. I was going to get married to this person. I ended my book contract. I left my job and like all of those things within a matter of days shortly after that dream. And so ever since then, it's just been a process of like endings and 
it's just, it's not even over yet. <laughs> I feel, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, do you think your mom was part of that too? Because you went through a long process of taking care of your mom and it was really touch and go there for a while. Can you talk about her transplant a little yeah, bit? It was very scary. I graduated from Pratt Institute in 2017. I thought I was going to go off and do some really cool stuff in North Carolina, but I ended up coming back home because those things didn't work out. And I didn't know why. I ended up back in Texas. I was like, I don't understand this. And then that November, my mom's health started to spiral downward very quickly. And um, what we discovered was that my mom essentially was in a place where she was having, she, she had lung issues for a while. My mom has a autoimmune disease called sarcoidosis, which is like lupus, but it's it happens more largely to African-Americans. They don't know why they don't know what causes it. And there's no real way to cure it, but it basically goes through the body sort of creating just chaos essentially and shutting things down at intermittent times, sort of one year you're having a flare up in your eyes and then the next year it's gone. And then another year you have like scar tissue in your lungs. And that was what my mom essentially was dealing with. And so she had gone to a place where she couldn't get by on like therapy and a nebulizer. Um, She was at a place where her lung issues were causing heart issues. And so they put her on a transplant list. I mean, this is like a process of like four years. This is, you know, they realized that her situation had gotten worse. She had to leave a job that she had just gotten a few months earlier and really loved. And they were so happy with her and she was so happy with them. And then she had to leave and that was a big loss for her. And, you know, I was like, okay, so clearly need to be here for my mom um, because she was like not working anymore. And that's a whole new world for her, you know? And so she got on the transplant list and she waited for 900 days on transplant list. So um, three years on the list. And it got very scary because her lung capacity was sort of beginning to dwindle and she needed more oxygen and more oxygen. And on April 7th at 7 p.m., she got her lung transplant finally after three years of getting a call that they might have a donor and then going to the hospital and it not being a match or, or someone having COVID or, you know, so like we, we were on the list before COVID. So then when COVID got introduced as this new variable, that really sort of threw us for a loop as well, you know, but she got her lung transplant and it was just like, we waited so long, you know? And so she'll, she'll be at a year in just a couple of months. Um, but even just coming out of the transplant was a, a rough patch as well. It's a big surgery. It's a long surgery. It can be any, anywhere from, you know, a seven hour surgery to a 12 hour surgery, depending on what happens. And she was in the hospital for maybe two months after surgery, um, where some people can leave after like 10 days. My mom was in the hospital for like two months. She finally came home. I think at the beginning of, let's see, she had her, her, transplant in April. And I think at the end of May, early June is around the time that she finally got out and was able to come home. And so, you know, over these last few years, we've sort of, I think there's been this unspoken understanding that for the both of us, this was just going to be like a time when she needed my my support. So a lot of the things that I was trying to do at that time, like trying to get jobs, 
never worked trying to um, applying for, you know, 10 and 12 jobs every month, one summer, um, and everyone saying no, 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 or saying nothing. <laughs> um, it just nothing worked out the way that I wanted it to. I had like a little part-time job at an elementary school. And I think that's just how it was supposed to work out at that time. I worked at a startup at, from home. So I was able to sort of, you know, they understood my mom's situation and, and where, how I played a role in that. And they were very accommodating, I felt, you know, um, but you know, it's just been like a real time. And now I have to let go of all of those things. And it's so scary. So I'm like, oh gosh, like, you know, at one point I felt like I was really stuck and now I'm like, is it, is it okay to leave? Is it bad? Should I leave? Is it time? Is it, is everything okay? Is it, oh no, are we sure? You know, so <laughs> a totally different yeah. thing now. You know what I mean? But she's getting younger. Yeah. She can, I mean, this is this a time my mom, there was a time when my mom couldn't walk from, she would get tired walking around in the kitchen cooking, or she couldn't walk all the way to the mailbox without just exerting so much energy and being totally winded afterwards. And now my mom can walk around the whole neighborhood and she's like, you know, she's just like, oh yeah, I feel fine. I feel great. I, you know, I could do this all day. And I'm like, wow, you know, so she's really, she has a lot of improvements. I mean, there's always going to be little hiccups and things, especially in this, like, you know, trying to get to that one year benchmark journey. She has an amazing team of doctors at UT Southwestern here in North Texas. They're excellent. And I think she's in great hands, but I worry about her the way she worries about me. So, you know, Absolutely. So when it comes to your story, you knew you knew in the spring that you were meant to make this move and you are now moving and you've got this new job lined up and this is how things work. I mean, going back to what we were saying at the very beginning of the podcast, God, universe, source lines things up so that when it's time, when it's your time, it's your time. And so this job just um, was kind of an angel story in and of itself, right? It really was because this is a place that I've been to many times when I lived in New York City and, you know, my friends have been a part of it and this and that. But I, as a, as someone who receives like their like monthly or whatever newsletter, I saw that they were hiring and I was like, I was actually applying for a curatorial fellowship that they have there at the time, but I was like, well, maybe I'll apply for this job instead. So I just sort of like totally like forsook that other thing that I was applying to there. And I was like, I'll apply for this job. And if it doesn't work out, then whatever, it's fine. I applied for the job. Um, I made the mistake of looking at their Instagram account and saw that they had actually posted the job listing and like 400 people liked it. And I was like, now why did I do that? Um, I don't need to know how many people are aware. Like, I don't need to know that. Um, But anyway, I applied for the job and they called me for an interview. And I was like, oh, wow, that's so cool. This is so exciting. Because I was thinking about it. I was like, wow, like this is really up my alley. It's at this place called the Poetry Project in New York, which is like this historical um, poetry organization that is in this beautiful church called St. Mark's Church in the Bowery in New York City. And it's in this like, there's like stained glass windows. I was like, oh, wow, I could totally see myself working there. Like it'd be so beautiful. And so I did the, the first interview and it was just a short little 30 minute chat. And then after that, I was like, I have to work here. So I did like all the manifesting things that I knew 
how to do. <laughs> I took out all my tools and I was like, okay, I'm going to like visualize what I want. And as Julie always, Julie always says, I was editing the book at the time. So I'm like, okay, like the book always talks about how you want to hone in on how you feel, like how you would feel if you already had it. And I would just do this thing at night where if it crossed my mind, I would try to like calm myself because I would get excited and I was like, okay, I want to tap into that, but I don't want it to like overtake me. <laughs> so I would think about seeing myself having the job or like getting the call that I got the job. And then I would hone in on that feeling and I would just allow it to like radiate through my whole body, like from my head to toe, I, from like head to toe. I would just imagine myself being totally washed in that feeling. And then like, I had this, um, this thing where I actually have a, an Instagram account that I don't follow anyone. It's a private account. And I just post things as if they've already happened. So I posted like a picture of the church that the, that the organization is in. And I was like, oh, it's so exciting to announce that, you know, I'm the new communications manager at the Poetry Project. And I'm so excited. And I just love my coworkers and everyone's so sweet. And I just love my job so much. And it's so pretty, like whatever, whatever I could think to say as I'm honed in and sort of tapped into this feeling of excitement at imagining myself having the job, I just tried not to do anything with regard to the, to the job or the interview, unless I was in that like energetic space. And, um, and I got the job. It was so crazy. I actually, there was one night where I was just like worried about money. It was a very long interview process. I went through like three interview rounds. Um, I was worried about money at one point. Cause all the money that I had like saved up from when I left my job in March, um, I was like, hey, we're getting down to like the last 50 cents of my savings. So I was like, uh, but I'm not going to worry about it. Like, I feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So I feel like I can't go wrong. I feel like the universe is not going to ask me to do the, these big, scary things and also not provide. And I kept telling myself, like, the universe provides, the universe always provides, especially when you're in alignment. And they called me maybe like a, like a week after I'd had like this little money hiccup with my landlord. And I was like, oh no, now I have to like pay them more money. And I was counting on that money and they were going to have to like keep my deposit. And I was like, oh no. But I was like, you know what? I'm not going to stress about it. And I was trying really hard to manage my feelings about it. And I was in the bed one night and really having like, I could feel myself about to go to this like anxiety spiral and a spiral of like worry. And I just had this idea that I needed to like dance it out. <laughs> so I got up, it was about to be three in the morning and I turned on like grooves in the heart by delight. And I just had to like get it out because I was just like, I need to move this energy around and out so that I can keep um, dwelling in that space of excitement and curiosity and like hopefulness that the universe is going to intervene. And they called me maybe two, like a week after that and said that I had gotten the job. And I just was like, thank the Lord. I was like, oh, I have tried to be so calm <laughs> for months. It was a long interview process, you know, it was very hard, but I felt really grateful for what felt like these times where I could have launched into just like total worry, total panic. And I didn't. And one of the, one of the pieces of advice that I got from 
um, this really wonderful, uh, I, I would call her a medium. She, I don't know if she would call herself that, but her name is Kelsey and she's really good at what she does. Um, she's very young too. She's like in her early twenties, but she was like, you know, you, you don't have to ignore those negative feelings. You just don't allow them to run away with you. Um, cause I was like, Oh, Kelsey, I'm like having like this worry and this stress. And I just feel like, what if I don't get the job and I'm looking at my bank account and I don't know what to do and I'm trying not to panic. And she was like, it's okay for you to say, Oh, that's scary and acknowledge it because the sooner you acknowledge it, the sooner it can go away from you. So she was like, you don't have to, she's like, you can't control stress really. You know? So she was like, if you feel it, it's already there. So you can't deny it. And you know, the universe knows what you feel. God knows how you feel. So you can't say like, you can't be internally anxious or sad or worried and be like, no, I'm fine. I feel great. (laughs) You know? So you just have to acknowledge what you feel, but just don't allow it to, you know, sort of drive the boat. Essentially, you know, you just allow it to, to be there, acknowledge its presence, and then you can move past it and get back to that, that energetic space of excitement and hope and curiosity. So, yeah, you don't anchor into it because sometimes we believe the fear. And once we believe the fear, and this is a subconscious pattern process within us, we've resonated with our thoughts on this level that we believe that we are our thoughts to the point where we don't see our thoughts. And so once you become consciously aware of your thoughts and you can see, okay, I'm in a state of fear, I'm in a state of anxiety, I'm in the state of stress, you have the choice of whether or not you anchor into it and believe the thought or you're right, acknowledge it, see it, thank it for showing Showing up and being a road sign in your life and then deciding what's the best action step to take. Yeah. yeah like I had plenty of feelings about, well, what's going to happen if it doesn't work out? And, and I, I used to think like, well, you know, maybe I shouldn't be making like a plan B because then that means that I don't think that it's going to work out. But then I, I would think like, well, no, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's like, I kept telling myself, if I don't get the job, I'm still moving to Philadelphia. It just is going to change the course of how that happens and maybe when. And so I'm just going to be open to that. I was just, I just felt calm. It was like, I've, I've learned in the past, like sometimes people will say that when you're meditating, one healthy way to sort of, uh, especially when in the beginning, when you're really learning how to meditate is to think about yourself like on a mountaintop and then you're watching these clouds go by and you can think of your thoughts as clouds. So it's like, you don't want to turn away from them. Just look at them, watch them fly. by. You don't need to jump off the cliff and go try to jump on that cloud (laughs) because it's not going to end well. Just acknowledge it, see it. I don't need to call my friends and exacerbate the feeling and be like, oh, what's going to happen? What if, what if, what if? I don't need to do that if that's going to sort of dial up more feeling and connect me more to that feeling. I just can say, Ooh, that's scary. Or, Ooh, I don't don't like this. And I can still surround myself with the energy that I actually want to dwell in. Yeah. I think that there's a process that I use for when I have that negative energy come in those, Oh, what ifs, which if I boil it down and I get to the root of the that fear or that what if within me and that energy within me, there's always a root of expectation that I have on some level 
this expectation of either wanting to help somebody to the max degree that I'm putting myself in a state of paralyzed fear, right? Or um, just perfection, just wanting it to be perfect. I don't think that a lot of times expectation is from a negative place. I think it's us wanting to be our best for other people, but it still brings in a vibration that we just don't always want to be holding on to. And so in my process, what I've worked on with the angels is Archangel Michael will say, okay, what's the worst that can happen? And when I go to that place and I identify, okay, well, what's the worst that could happen? It's this. So what? You know, you learn from this and then you go and you do the second thing better. I had, yeah, before I started this business and this podcast, I had this vision within my head that entrepreneurs and successful business people always got things right the first time. Like they always were just like perfect beings. And from getting to know and work with so many people along the way, what I know 110% now is that you can only fail your way forward. So you fail, you make mistakes, you get better, you keep going. And from every entrepreneur that I've worked with, president, CEO, they've made thousands of mistakes, right? They, they'll be the first to say, I make mistakes every day. I make mistakes every week, every month. And sometimes big ones, a lot of small ones, but sometimes really big ones. And as I work with a lot of people in my Angel Reiki school, what I see is that the only way to not be successful at anything in life is to stop trying. And because that's you using your free will to, I don't like this word, but in an essence, give up. And when you give up and you stop, the universe, um, it's not that they can't do anything for you, but your intent is not going in the direction of your own goals anymore. And so your action and your energy aren't going that way. And so it's so much harder for them to be the wind at your back and get that to happen. Yeah, that makes perfect sense because it's like you sort of are tapping, you sort of tap into an energy that is totally still at that moment. I think really the universe works with our energy and it needs that to sort of like, it's like, it's like an engine. It, like it needs like an engine to sort of point us in one direction or another. And when that engine just sort of gives out or whatever, and there could be many reasons why, right? It, things get really difficult sometimes. I mean, listen, I went through a four-year spell of just like, no, no, silence, no. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I know that there are people who have plenty of more traumatic experiences that can make it very hard for you to feel inspired or to feel like you're ever going to do whatever it is that you've always felt that you were supposed to do. But I would say that it's sort of, there's a difference between giving up and like surrender. It's a very nuanced difference where I think like surrender, giving up is like where you totally unplug your energy from what you want to do. I think surrender is when your energy is still plugged in, but you have opened yourself entirely to the universe in how that thing will happen and when, Yeah, you know? Yeah. You've given up control because control is the other piece of this. And it's so fascinating because I feel like you've really 
gotten a hold of this lesson this year in your own health stuff and your mom's health stuff that you've been through. And I've certainly come into this same lesson um, through my health stuff this year, which is you don't have control, right? And we have this illusion of control, but we don't have any semblance of it. No, we don't. I feel like this keeps coming up. This is like the third time someone has said this to me or like in my presence. And I'm like, okay, I'm listening. Cause I, you know, leaving my mom is going to be so difficult. And so it's like, I don't, my friend actually was talking to her the other day and I was like, you know, I just am really trying to move through these hard feelings of feeling like I'm leaving my mom here to fend for herself, even though I have family here, right? But we have a different relationship. So it's kind of like, who's going to make sure she's okay emotionally? Who's going to, you know, who's going to like go for walks with her and like, you know, do fun stuff and stuff that she's not going to ask for herself, right? And my friend was like, but Sasha, you can't have that kind of control. And in fact, you have to understand that you've never had that control. Like in the four years that you've been by your mom's side through this like really tumultuous time in her life, you only had like the illusion of control. You've never been in control. You weren't in control of whether or not she got her transplant or, you know what I mean? Like you weren't in control of any of those things. You were just there to see it. You could ask questions and those things made you feel like you were in control. And I just burst into tears. Yeah, I know. Let's let's break this down a little bit more for people because I think that there's some people who could be out there thinking to themselves, okay, no, I'm totally confused. Like, what do you mean? Because there is this surrender of release and it is different from letting go because you're absolutely correct. When you let go, you're totally disconnecting from the energy of what it is you're going after completely. You're completely unplugged. But when, yeah, yeah. And this is Archangel Zadkiel energy for anybody who wants to work with the angel on this. He works with surrender. Surrender is a release of control, but still taking action steps. And that's what manifestation and co-creation require of you. Um, I've had some people say to me, this was at the very beginning of the Angel Reiki School, the first couple of cohorts that I did. Um, Women would book a session six months later and they would say, what did you do to get clients? Because I'm I'm doing everything and I'm just not getting clients. And I said, okay, well, what is everything? What are you doing? And they'd say, I'm praying. And I said, okay, well, prayer is great and meditation is great, but that only works with your own energy. What you have to do is take action steps. So control and surrender, surrender is release of the control of when you want it to happen and and still taking. Yeah. Yeah. Because really, I feel like my life has sort of taught me this in many ways. It's like, I'm, it's like, I'm, I've learned the same lesson in many different ways and forms and shapes and through all sorts of different filters. So it, sometimes it'll feel like a different lesson, but it's not, it's the same thing. (laughs) Um, And it's like, I get older and circumstances change. So the stakes get a little different and a little higher and a little scarier. So um, it has different textures. So it's like the same, I feel like there's a lot of like the same things that the universe wants to teach me um, and sometimes different things. But it always comes back to the fact that like when you sort of throw that control into the air and say, okay, my energy is still plugged in, but I'm sort of, I'm going to sort of relax into the how and trust the universe. Things happen in ways that we really never could have imagined. And I feel like 
when you keep taking those steps, like you said, it's like, what happens is like, you are, when you're still taking those action steps, what you're doing is you're still stirring up the energy that you're still plugged into. So even if it's not what you thought you would be doing, even if it's not who you thought you might be working with or the job that you thought that you wanted or whatever, something about that is stirring up the energy that you already have. So it makes it bigger. So it gives the universe more to work with. You know what I mean? Yes. Can I tell you an angel story that just happened in the last 24 hours? So please. Okay. So it's exactly like this. So I um, had been releasing expectation about the book, right? Because um, there was part of me that was coming in saying, you know, I, I just wanted it to be perfect, right? I wanted um, it to go out to this many number of people. And I was holding expectation within myself. And I got to the point in meditation where spirit was like, you have to release all of this. You have to surrender all of this. I said, okay. And then I was eating my lunch and they said, go on YouTube now. So I go on YouTube. I have never searched Louise Hay, although I should have, you know, like just hearing her talk. This video popped up at the very top and she said, um, it was something about her talking about her very first book. So she talked about this and our stories were so similar in so many different ways. And she talked about the surrender that happened and how her book actually got out worldwide and kind of made a circle back to the United States. And Sasha, I kid you not, I woke up this morning, opened my email, and there were from three separate different publishers in different countries around the world asking if they could translate the book and if we could work together. I know. Wow. I know. I've got. I know. Um, (laughs) I know. It was crazy. Like, just that's how the angels work. And so, um, but that's how they show up and they validate too. And here's what I've been telling a lot of people in the angel membership over the last month is it works. Validation works just like a relationship. Like when you've been in a relationship with so for so long with somebody, you know, you have that love at the beginning, you know, you're attracted to that person, you know, there's chemistry between you, but when you've gone through so many things over a number of years, you develop this trust and you develop this just knowingness that this person's going to show up for you in your life. And so that's what happens when you have a spiritual practice every day. When you are connected in and tuned in and know how to work with your angels and your spirit team on the other side, you can be in meditation, have them show you something, have them guide you and lead you and take that validation. And it becomes this very solid foundation, concrete in your life. It makes it, I think, easier to release control because you've seen them show up so many times that you know they've got this and you don't have to worry. Yeah. That's that's a big takeaway that I got from editing the book and like reading the book was like, when you are trying to learn about how like your angels speak to you, it really starts with a relationship first. You know, you have to trust that they are always speaking to you, but that like you just have to sort of become familiar and familiarize yourself with their 
signs that are specific to just you. So it's like, I feel like it's a similar thing is like building that relationship with the universe and building that relationship with your angels. I feel like it's very similar because you can't build, it's like you have said in the book again, that like, you know, um, you wouldn't just go to someone and be like, okay, tell me everything. You have to you have to build yeah. a relationship with them first. You have to build that trust first because then they can say, okay, here's how we've been talking to you. Here's what this means. When we show you this for you, it means this. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's there's no like necessarily there's no um, universal sign all the time. Everything is specific, but you you can't know how. Like you wouldn't know how your best friend is trying to communicate with you if you didn't have that best friend foundation first. So it's like, you have to build on that. And I feel like in, in sort of macro ways and larger ways in our lives, when the universe is wanting to do something for us and conspire with us, there's always these moments where the universe is really like trying to show us things like, I'm not against you. I'm actually quite for you and and advocating you, hearing for you, but and it, it might not feel like it all the time, but if you trust me, if we have that relationship, then you, you know what I'm doing, or you may not know exactly where I'm trying to steer you, but you have that trust that it's still for your highest good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. And I think that's what the book teaches you how to do. It walks you through 12 weeks of understanding how to make the connection and then connect with each one of your angels and really get to build that relationship with them. Sasha, I love you with all my heart. I'm so excited to get to work with you even more and create more books with you. You're just one of the most wonderful people. And can I give you kudos? If anybody listening needs a book editor um, and is looking, you know, for somebody to edit the, the book, Sasha is a above and beyond the most amazing book editor. So I'm, yeah, yeah. We also have a course we've, we kind of dived in unexpectedly to this course uh, or this topic of manifestation and co-creation today. And we have a whole entire course coming up January 1st, where we're teaching you and providing different um, meditations for you to shift your energy. And I'm going to give you all of the tools, all of the resources on how to co-create and manifest with the other side. So definitely look into that course on the website. If you're an angel member, it's included with your angel membership. And um, you can sign up for the angel membership. Start the entire year. Uh, If you sign up for the annual angel membership, I am guaranteeing you, the first 100 people, um, a chance to book a session with me next year. I'm going to be doing very limited amount of those, um, but definitely guaranteeing you a spot. And if you find two people who want to be new, um, they have to be new angel members, but if they sign up for the annual plan, if you get two new people, we're going to give you the entire year of your angel membership for free. So I'm really excited about that. Um, Yeah, I know. Yay. Thank you everybody for being here. Spirit loves you. Your angels love you. Your loved ones on the other side, they're all watching out for you. Open up your heart to all of the unexpected blessings that they have coming your way. Sasha, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Julie. It was a pleasure. You too. Friends, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Wanted to let you know the winner of this month's drawing is in the show notes. 
also exciting news. My book, Angels and Awakening, is now on Audible, as well as Barnes and Noble and Amazon. Thanks so much to everyone who supported this podcast by purchasing a copy and writing a review. If you're on Instagram, connect with me live at 7.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Thursday evenings for mini healings with your angels. Also, if you'd like to go deeper by learning how to connect with your angels and loved ones in heaven and hear your own intuition, join my angel membership or attend one of my monthly events. Click the links in the show notes to learn more or visit theangelmedium.com for a full list of events. You can also be my angel by sharing this podcast with someone close to you. Thanks, friends. Open up your heart to all of the unexpected blessings your angels, your loved ones in heaven, and your guides are trying to bring through to you right here, right now. Bye, everyone.